Drip on. Acknowledged. This is illiterate. This week we're covering Spiderhead, the new release on Netflix. I'm hanging out with Taylor. I looked into a ton of New Yorker to get the information <laughs> this week. If you haven't seen anything about it, Netflix has a new film out. It's number two in their movie section. It's called Spiderhead. It is based on a article called Escape from Spiderhead. Immediately, I'm hooked. Uh, <laughs> I wish the name was Escape from Spiderhead, to be quite honest. I think it's way more interesting. But this movie has just been released. It, it happens to be directed by Joseph Kaczynski, the same director of Top Gun Maverick. So I checked out uh, a little bit of his previous film, Only the Brave, which I got a little bit of a surprise out of because it's sold as like a, a almost like one of those Christian like firefighter movies. Over yeah, time. yeah. Like, so I kind of like brushed it off or like eyes glazed over in 2017 when the trailers would play. It was on TV. I checked it out. And wow, man, the dude can get down into some emotions. That was a great character piece. It has a, a great uh, cast uh, coming off of Tron paired with this. He's got all the all the pizzazz, the effects, the visuals. Mm -hmm. Now he's got the uh, the empathy. OK, that's how he got talking. So it was a little bit of a journey there. I was really interested in seeing his work in the other movies and and seeing how it culminated in this. We were lucky enough to see this quite a long time ago, actually, at this point. But it, yeah, I was really impressed when I saw it uh, and immediately saw that it was based on a really well-regarded uh, article. And I went, man, I wish I had more movies in my life like <laughs> this that was talking about really relevant themes. Yeah. It's, it's a very smart movie without being uh, without being hard to get into. It's very digestible. I loved that about it. While it was mm -hmm. very, very lofty in terms of what it was trying to talk about, it was so watchable. Again, has a great cast, a great, great cast. So <laughs> I'm just I'm amazed yeah. that we're not talking about it more. I'm not seeing more marketing for it. But uh, oh, man, I can't wait to dig into this. Wild that the writers, Rhett Reese, Paul Wernick from the writers of Deadpool and Deadpool 2. Zombieland. Yes. They they yes. did some more cheeky stuff. So then this heady sci-fi culture. I think that, man, I think it really works. Yeah, I think the tone of that really works on for the for all of this. And I think with Joe's sensibilities, it all blends together. I really loved it. I don't know that it's like my favorite movie of the year or anything, but <laughs> right. I just it's like it's got it's got a great energy. I love the genre stuff. The the performances are incredible. It's really relevant stuff. And man, it's based on something that I am really interested about. I can't wait to get into the author of the original. I knew nothing about this either dunces that we are. But I will say before we get into it, the ending of the short story which I read and the movie are completely different and it's worth bringing mm. up as it relates to the process stuff that we talk about with adapting. So either read or watch, go no further in this episode if you don't want those spoiled. Let's start though with how this got to be, if it seems like good filmmakers, prolific thing. There, that's my immediate yeah. thing walking out of it, seeing it the first time. I was going like, "Who's uh, who wanted to do this? Who found this? Because that's great. <laughs> it came from the New Yorker who had the rights to the short story because that's where mm. it was first published. And the New Yorker who was looking to, I guess, some sort of a multimedia branch came to Rhett Reese, Paul Wernick and said, we have this thing. Will you write something for it? Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah. So essentially it's on spec because okay. it's not packaged with anything. Yeah. They're not they're not paid for it yeah. until it becomes anything. And that was 10 years ago. 
wow, almost okay. about right when it came out, you know, to have That's uh, amazing. Although they were, you know, they were packaged to direct on it. Their careers go elsewhere. Okay. They mm -hmm. work on Deadpool instead and so on. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, more recently, Netflix bought it and then that's when Joe got packaged on and finally now they're getting paid for it. So, wow. It wasn't that really, uh, I love that perspective because I'm thinking like all oh, this all of this happened within the last you know the last few years pre-pandemic at least. Um and I'm like, wow, no, this has been a decade-long journey actually from the moment that it was published, it seems like, which <laughs> exactly. I wasn't aware of at all. So this is this is awesome. So we got guys that ended up flourishing in their in their career, uh, didn't want to direct it, didn't need to direct it anymore, went in a different path, but it's still a good script. It's still based on a great idea, mm -hmm. great article. So the script gets kicked around a little bit until finally lands with the right team. Yeah. And they were like, we're glad because if we had directed it, it would have been hand puppets or something stupid. <laughs> they didn't, <laughs> they knew they didn't really, but they love George Saunders. They love his material you know, we'll get into him in a second about how yes. they connect with it. But I, I saw as far as the adaptation, basically the first half or two thirds of the short story is pretty on point. And it's really the mm -hmm. last third that they switch around. One of the things that does make a big difference in terms of text versus screen is there is this verbosity drug that lets you express poetically with more diction. And they use it all the time in the short story added on to the effects of whatever the other drugs are so that they can properly articulate what's happening mm -hmm. with the drugs. And so there was some of that in the movie. Rhett and Paul said that they had written originally, but it got cut in the edit because they're like, it makes him the, the main character, Miles Teller, Jeff, really inaccessible. They wanted him mm -hmm. to be more of an everyman, which I thought was super interesting in the short story because as you're reading it, because it's narrated by him, the main character in, in the first person, so as he's describing things, when they give him the verbose drug, the writing gets better and more oh. luminous. And then oh as it God. fades, we'll get how that applies in the end of the story, which has changed. But I, I'm sad that that isn't as big in the movie, if at all. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But stuff like that is is interesting more in the writing because you're reading it on the page. I just thought right. that, that was a, a notable That's thing a, I mean, that I've, got cut. It's certainly a, I mean, I'm like, man, <laughs> to, to, to like, to aim at, at different levels. And now we're going to kick it in high gear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, through the actual, through the, through the writing itself, through the words, the way that the sentences and the phrases are assembled. That's actually, yeah. uh, that's pretty impressive. That's really bold. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we'll see with George Saunders. Let's get into him now where he comes yeah. from because he's a master and I'm, a fool who knows nothing. Yeah, and I'm I'd never heard of him. Yeah. I'd never heard of him. So I think we're both living up to the title this week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is, and that's what we're yeah, trying yeah. to do here because I, I see so little talk about the movie right now. We really want to talk about this movie. It's worth <laughs> talking about. Yeah. So this guy, George Saunders, professor at Syracuse University, and he is basically the short story guy. He's done essays and novellas and one novel thus far. But just to give you a sense of his grandiosity in the industry. Mm -hmm. He won the National Magazine Award for Fiction four different times because wow. his short stories are in GQ and in Harper's and in The New Yorker and all hey, of that. Yeah. One of his collections of short stories was a finalist for the National Book Award. He oh, wow. won a MacArthur Fellowship grant, which is like the, they call it the Genius Grant, which 
we had talked about in two other episodes. Terrell Alvin McCraney, who did Moonlight, got it. Yes. And yes. Lin, Man- Lin Manuel Miranda also got it. So, really, really big money given to yeah. artists. Um, that same year, he also got the Guggenheim Fellowship. The same year wow, that he got the oh MacArthur gosh. Fellowship. Oh my God. And then, like I said, just that one novel that he did recently, 2017. It's called Lincoln and the Bardo. It won the Man Booker Prize when it came out. So he. But everyone knows who Kim Kardashian is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. I I will say, though, because this is the only adaptation that is done of his works, which seems strange to me. But he does. What you're saying to me, and you're listing off other people who have done a a, (laughs) a lot of other material and things that have gotten adapted and they've made other things um, in in terms of content. Um, And and this is the only one of his that's made it, yet he has this resume that is incredible. (laughs) I mean, it's absolutely outstanding. And nobody's ever heard of him nobody's well, we uh, haven't no, yeah you know like, like you know i i that's why we do the show i mean we got to be in the we need to study more taylor <laughs> well so that's why i looked into like what is his connection to hollywood what's going on here and i will tell you that toby mcguire bought the rights to one of his short stories at some point in the 2000s ben stiller's oh, wow, production yeah. company bought the rights uh nick offerman bought the rights to the novel Lincoln and the Bardo, but none of these could I find wow. any any oh, relevant. So bit, he's had like five in the barrel, and then <laughs> just nothing's. Oh my gosh, this is yeah. wild. So, but I, what I did find is, I guess he's a friends with Nick Offerman somehow. So the novel Lincoln and the Bardo is essentially a bunch of monologues, 166 to be precise. So it's kind of almost like a short story compilation, but it's strung together mm. with a coherent narrative. But he got, because normally he does his own narration for the audiobook, but he's like, I don't mm-hmm. want to do it that way for this. It's got 166 different actors Whoa. to do each of the different characters, including... Nick Offerman, Lena Dunham, Ben Stiller, <gasps> Rain Wilson, Don Cheadle, Jeffrey Tambor, Julianne Moore, oh. just like oh. all big, high-profile oh. Hollywood actors. So I'm going to check out. I'll post a link to the audiobook, wow. but I'll, I'll, I'm going to check kidding, it out. You're kidding, man. <laughs> no, and like, so, wow. Okay. I'm just, I'm, again, I, yeah. I want more things like this. I want more things out of his brain. Um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this is cool. I, I I just want I just want to spread this far and wide because, I mean, why not? After reading off all of this, I mean, mm-hmm. my gosh, who else? Like, please, let's make this <laughs> kind of thing. We can like put Batman to rest. You know, <laughs> loved loved the new Batman. Oh, yeah. but, you know, I'm just making a I'm just making you know devil's advocate. I'm just making a as a side here. I'm just like no, they're, they're, we yeah. we dig and dig on these IPs when we could be going after this stuff. Your man's uh, got hundreds I, I of short to... stories. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I want this stuff. So like you said with his mind, where does he come up with all of this? I This is my favorite part of the whole thing. He got his bachelor's in geophysical engineering from the Colorado School of Mines. What? So he has no writing experience or anything at the start. And I love his explanation of this. He's like, any claim to originality that people give me comes from this odd background. He's like... I'm like a welder designing dresses. Like I have such an odd tool and skill set that anything that I put together, if it works, is because I have no <laughs> understanding of what I, you know, he's being yeah. humble, but like, yeah, I mean, it makes sense because he spent eight years as an engineer. He was on an oil exploration crew in Indonesia. He has traveled around, you know, like he, that was his, that was his right. career 
on the side, though, he found Slaughterhouse Five while he was in Indonesia. Started reading, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Well, I didn't realize that like what was a literary thing could also be accessible." You right. know, I thought good reading ha- had to be hard to read, but that wasn't. <laughs> if I could give you a glancing blow of his, the rest of his style, which you might get mm-hmm. a little bit from this movie, but from him, he really likes the Russian writers, Tolstoy, Chekhov, because they mm. are really heady. And you go into a a party, and it's like if you were talking to Tolstoy, it'd be like, "What is the meaning of everything? And how should governments work?" And like, it's very much mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. thought provoking stuff. But then he also loves the absurdist comics. Mark Twain, Groucho Marx, Monty Python, those types of things lending it a... But then with the accessibility, you also... This is the third tier is the minimalist fit. So Hemingway, Raymond Carver, don't use five words when one will do sensibility. Mm -hmm. Right. And then really, if you could describe the biggest thematic stuff, this tragicomic absurdity of consumerism and corporate culture and mass media, very much like Kurt Vonnegut did. Well... I love the whole yeah. premise of this is a, 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 a experimental um, punishment program for like an experimental prison, basically, mm-hmm. where this prison is, has open doors, has like open policy. You have to be <laughs> recommended to be in this place so that it can function the way that it needs to function. And they are yeah. actively and, and very openly experimenting on these people, They're experimenting on a drug to find all sorts of new things. They're on yeah. the precipice yeah. of doing a lot, it seems. It centers around the uh, Chris Hemsworth character who is the, the the CEO, like the bad CEO at the center of it all, who's running the experiments. And it speaks to a ton that I'm interested in. I think people are interested in the, the Jeff Bezos and the Elon Musks mm. of the world. We just talked about Jurassic Park. Uh, yeah. This is very much in that Crichton vein. So I'm very interested in those types of things. And this is a really interesting genre version of this that I think that's that's what genre is here to do for us, especially <laughs> sci-fi. Yeah. This is as sci-fi as sci-fi gets. Uh, and that's why I, I really wish that Escape was in the official like Netflix title, because I think that that charges this with the, the proper <laughs> yeah. energy uh, because it has it. I mean, it is an escape from Spiderhead. So why <laughs> yeah. I don't even understand why they would shorten it. Why so, they shortened it, I don't yes. know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> What is interesting that you bring up the genre stuff because he does have, which I haven't read much more of his work, but from what I could do with my research, you know, there's surreal elements there. Some of them have ghosts. Some of them are just really dramatic, poignant pieces. There's fantastical kind of stuff. You know, there's this heart. This one just drops in and it's real hard sci-fi. This is why I never understand what people mean when they're like, well, what do you write? And I'm like, what do you mean? (laughs) What do you write? I know. I write everything. So I I love hearing that. Whereas like we talk talk about people that, you know, do their thing. Um, Exactly. uh, Yeah. Yeah. No, the whodunit lady, you know, like they do their thing. Uh, I am eased when I see people who are, you know, trying their hands at a lot of different things. Yeah, I, I think with purpose and intent, yeah, because yeah, it for sure. surrounds an died just not because they want to try it, but because they have an idea that works in that. Ooh, this for that type of a genre piece, this yeah, yeah. building around that idea, this mm-hmm. type of turn. You know, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. You know what I'm saying. Well, let's let's jump back to because there, he has a great bit I found in an interview where he's still doing these corporate geoengineering writing technical reports in an office thing on the and then trying to write on the side because he he did get his masters at Syracuse for writing but before that when he's talking about trying to get a handle on who he is 
which is then why people like him. Mm -hmm. I love just him describing this. He's like, if I got tired of Hemingway, referring to like who he's trying to emulate, he said, I did a Carver imitation, then a Babel imitation. Sometimes I did Babel if Babel lived in Texas. Sometimes I did Carver if Carver had worked in the oil fields of Sumatra, which he had done. <laughs> then he said, sometimes I did Hemingway if Hemingway had lived in Syracuse, which to me sounded like Carver. It's like you end up circling right. back to uh, copying something differently and it ends up sounding like something you already copied. But eventually, it reminds me, uh, yeah, it reminds me of I was laughing at myself. I was I was writing the other day and it was I, it hit me. I started to visualize the process of myself writing as I'm going through like doing dialogue. I visualize myself doing a one man play of what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. You and me were in an improv troupe in college, Taylor. So, yeah. you know, I, I just imagined I like uh, physicalizing everything I was doing instead of just being in front of a, of a computer. And I just started to laugh at myself of like just like the balancing act. Act and the jumping between things, um, just the, yeah, the yeah. imitations you do, and especially because I was working on a on a on a real life piece, so I was like, you have to get in, you have to study the real people and then puppet them. And so mm -hmm. I was particularly like uh, interested in that imitation idea that yeah. you just brought that you just brought up with him. Well, something else with the imitation. So in his social circle and realm, the first book that he ends up getting published in '96 which from then on, then he's writing full-time and teaching also at Syracuse, published around the same time as David Foster Wallace's Infinite Jest, mm. which again ties into these sort of tragicomic, absurdist corporate culture. Yeah, yeah. This first book, which is a collection of short stories he's been writing on the side getting published, George Saunders, that is, he's 37 years of age when his hmm. first thing comes out. So Wow. Good for us. Keep that keep that in yeah, mind. Yeah, I know. Keep working. Keep going. Yeah. Years and years. Fine. Yeah. Well, not just as an aside, I, you know, I'll post a link to some of the stuff, but he also has tons of YouTube videos and like he's been a teacher for almost you know, over two decades. Like he's he's wow. he's uh putting his effort into the instruction of the craft beyond just being like, I just make this stuff. And it's like it's equally as important that he impart not his process and how you should do it, but he's all about like how how you find your own thing, which is really mm -hmm. all you can do. And if you're a true master, you're like, I don't know what to do. I mean, the answer is it depends. But like N not me applying to the university yeah. to take yeah, yeah. his courses right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so if you wanted to, he didn't uh, do this on purpose, but essentially one of his classes is in book form, which just came out really? very recently. Yeah, it's called A Swim in a Pond in the Rain. And it is his class on Russian literature, because like I said, he loves that. So hmm. the book is a reading of classic Russian texts and through analyzing them, learn how to read and write better, how to live your life oh. so that you can be attuned to finding what works in stories. But he's like, as yeah. far as a book about craft or process, it's like, I couldn't write. This is how you write. So I wrote a book about All like right. analyzing how other people write. I and it that. is, he doesn't teach that class anymore. So it's a... Uh, it's based on because it's class. a book. Yeah, <laughs> he said I did it. I'm done. So I'll post a link to that as well as some other stuff. But I, if you're a writer, definitely you should. I, I should have awesome. known about him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. Oh my god, I'm running. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, like I said, Escape from Spiderhead was in the New Yorker in 2010 before it got into the collection in 2013. Mm -hmm. Here we get into some of the stuff that's different as it relates to short stories and his craft of being the short story guy of our generation, the best living writer. <laughs> he was on Stephen Colbert, God. one of his favorite author, you know, very rarely does somebody like that 
come on to a late night talk show. Right. Yeah. Uh, so with the short story, here comes some of the changes. It's Jeff's POV. So you don't really get much of Abnesti, the CEO main guy. Gotcha. Okay. There is an obedience drug, but it doesn't actually get injected at all. He uses it as, as a threat at the end because he's not going to do something. Right. And, he's, and then it's, but then there's bureaucracy and he's like, well, we don't have the paperwork and do we need a <laughs> whatever? And we've got to call Albany to get the, the whatever, <laughs> you know, like it's more about that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> as well as with Jeff, the main character, he is a murderer, not manslaughter. Oh, he okay. killed That's very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you really do, and I, maybe that ties into the everyman empathy kind of thing. And it isn't this subversive thing. Like every higher up is 100% okay with the prison. There isn't this secret experiment. Mm-hmm. Like it's all above board, which is the which makes it more horrifying as well it's as him more, yeah. deserving to be there. But finally, the big ending is that Jeff gives himself the crazy drug instead of giving it to one of the mm. girls and dies by suicide. Wow. Oh my God. And that's it. I did not know that. <laughs> and in the wow. last th- you know, three paragraphs or whatever, it's literally his disembodied soul flying through the sky thinking about and what's and interesting. I think is, it's gonna yeah. be <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's what it feels like. And that's where you get into some of the surreal, more cartoonish or like absurdist things. But it's interesting because like I said, with the drug that makes them more eloquent, he's describing what's happening more eloquently and he's realizing it's like oh it's not the drug it's me i am capable of this i am capable of experiencing for myself you know he's going through the sky through a flock of birds and there is a voice he's free (laughs) there's a voice telling him hey you could return your body salvageable whatever afterlife entity it is but he chooses not to he's like i the only regret is that my mom isn't going to know what I did or what I meant, but I hope that she'll, you know, she'll figure it out. But for the first time I did not kill and I will not kill again. (laughs) He chooses Hmm. not to. And so it's more about that than, uh, See, this is all the more reason of why they should have kept the title the way it is. Yeah, yeah. Because they did escape, <laughs> escape from Spiderhead, yeah. where yeah, they yeah. make it off, and he he has his own Moby Pack, and he drugs himself right into the side of a broadside of a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> so, spoiler alert! But like, yeah, yeah. I it's the the movie plays out exactly like Escape from Spiderhead yeah, yeah, sounds like yeah, it the will. Action. Um, yeah. and I was totally fine. I was like, I'm fine with that. You know, but hearing about what it is, man, that does go in a very different direction and honestly i think that we're talking about now what the difference is between yeah you know the the actual written word and then what the medium difference between that and short story uh, stuff yeah between short story and filmmaking or actual content production because the you know making a movie and what a movie does is different than writing a short story writing a book and what a book does how you mm. experience it in particular the things he does with his language you can't just do that <laughs> on the screen that's not how it works it's a visual medium you have to really engage it and in, in, and attack it from that way yeah. you know it's an auditory medium you have to attack it from that way you can't just give somebody a feeling because you spelled a word differently on purpose you know like that comes across on the page to yeah, attack yeah. that in a visual manner you have to completely really break it down and build it back together and see what are the pieces that are valid and how, how can you try to aspire to get that 
feeling that the word gave you on the scene. Well, and I think too, with my experience reading it, you know, it takes 20 minutes or less and it's different than being with physical human beings that you can see manifest for an hour and a half. And so it's like, yeah, it was an interesting thought to be like, yeah, he killed himself so that he didn't actually kill Mm -hmm. again and maybe let more about, oh, they were forcing him to love and then he didn't and kind of the free will situation and whatnot. But I don't have a huge attachment to Jeff floating through right. the sky. I'm just like, well, that's poignant. I'm more interested in the yeah. right. I'm more interested in the idea that everything was so above board. That's the horror of it all. And mm-hmm. I'm, and when and thinking about that, and then I, I think it's an interesting call to really to to give him the old John Hammond at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, broadside into the mountain. That the book John Hammond. If yeah, you right, right, right. But uh, I, I, I really, I love that. I, I again, I, you know, I. We missed it in Jurassic Park. I am all for it in Spiderhead. Um, and we need, and in particular, in 2022, we need to at least be talking about these types of things, showing these types of stories, and being like, at least showing you that, like, man, the greed in a position of power is not somewhere you might, you it's not somewhere you want to end up. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's a different message for a different medium very, as well. Very, yeah. very. I mean, that's the point. I mean, that you when have, you get Chris again, Hemsworth playing against type, you lean into that for the <laughs> story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I did find an interview because George Saunders was not involved from my, what I could tell in the movie at mm-hmm. all. So there's nothing with him about that. But when the short story came out in 2010, there was an interviewer who asked him, do you think he makes the right decision at the end, referring to Jeff committing suicide? Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating because he said, I don't know that it was the right one, but I think it was the most interesting one. Yeah. And talking about the craft of writing, he was like, that's a funny thing about writing stories. We have the illusion that we're deciding what to make a character do to convey a message or something like that. But then he said, for his practice, it's often more like a river raft guide who's paid a bonus to steer your clients into the roughest possible water. Mm-hmm. He basically says what the movie did. He said, I had written many, many pages of a draft in which Jeff escaped and it became a story about him hiding down in the town as a novel, he was thinking. Oh, wow. And he said, finally, my novel, like this is what I'm going to do as the novel. <laughs> he said, but it didn't really have much life in August, months later when he's still working on it. And so he said, there was all these rationales thematically. He knew what it, quote, meant and all of that. <laughs> but he said it was dull. So he backtracked to where the energy drops. And it turns out in an earlier June draft, Jeff circumvents the decision to kill Rachel, Rachel in the story, and does it. And so it's like, that's his writing process. Wow. But it was just interesting that he had that idea that that would be like the start of a novel version. He's writing of this. the screenplay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. I mean, that's exactly how the the, the second one would open. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, that and that's fascinating that he that you know the reframing of the context of what he's what the frame is that he's trying to do here, backtracking to where actual okay, that's where the the heartbeat started to slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's a short story, that's where it needs to end. Yeah, with right. And I love how he's talking about because I despise a lot of the literary mumbo jumbo and he everything in his interviews is like convey our message in quotes what it all meant in quotes thematically in quotes like it's more about where did i lose an audience where right did whatever was i'm just listening to the characters i'm looking at my intuition and if it's like what isn't working Mm -hmm. here the theme will come out obviously i'm writing something for a reason and so following that thread 
is what makes things interesting as opposed right. to, well, I said something, but nobody cared because it was boring, <laughs> you know, then you didn't really say anything. So right. I agree with you when you're talking about finding these things that are not just superheroes anymore or previous IP right. that ultimately I, have a meaning. I keep thinking about the the comparison with Jurassic Park um, in terms of the, how that moved from book to the screen and uh-huh. the choices that they had to make to widen that out to a general audience. Right. Uh, how it can still be talking about a lot of the same things, but it, for a general audience, we have to step back a little bit. And so I think that that it's, it's, I think it's good sensibility to drop the murder thing and the self sacrifice, make him a little bit more of a normal person that has a, a, a shot at redemption, get, the audience involved in that. And so that when they actually do make it out of there, we can say something about the CEO, you know, the guy ahead of it all. Um, So I I think they, I think, you know, when I'm looking, I'm hearing the story, I'm hearing what he's doing. I'm like, all that's great. All that's awesome. And and it just, just bringing back all of the same ideas and the the balancing act that we just talked about in Jurassic park. Um, Because it's something that not everybody can pull off or do and not, we don't often make the right decisions when we're, you know, we're, when we're adapting. That's a lot of what we talk about <laughs> in this show. Yeah. But here in, in here, I think that they made a, I made the right calls because Miles Teller is Miles Teller and he's yeah. not, <laughs> might not be the most likable guy, you know what I mean? So, but, so if you can get me to empathize with him by the end of the movie, yeah, get out of go, yeah, go. Yeah. you've done it. Yeah. Uh, and that's a movie and that's much different. And if you can get me thinking about how, crazy a place like that would be in all actuality and you show it to me that's what a movie does the short story can stick with you and give you all of those lingering thoughts all of those branches that went off on those pieces you are left to think about and trace down and 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 ponder um, and it's so much more for you to sit there and ponder the self-sacrifice angle, the the murder element of it all. But that's yeah. the difference between doing something on the page and doing something on the screen. So yeah. that distinction here is 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 this is really interesting here because I had no concept that I mean it's called Escape from the short story is called <laughs> Escape from Spiderhead. The last thing in the world I thought would be the difference is the movie has is that escape. escape he actually <laughs> escapes and he escapes in a in a real sense by dying. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That like this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, Who knew? Yeah. So. yeah. I, w- I was going to say lastly because yeah. for those that actually do know anything about George Saunders, they might be like, but wait, you said there's nothing else that that's been adapted. And I lied because there was actually one other thing, but it wasn't really finished to completion. So he has a short story and uh, it's about this woman who dies in a home invasion and she's basically not ready to go. And so she essentially kind of haunts her family and demands restitution and, you know, all of the things that she never got to do or didn't want or whatever. Oh my she's, God. It's a very interesting short story. Whoa. You, can, you can tell how it has all of his elements. This was made as a pilot for a show, (laughs) as the start of a show, I guess, following this deceased woman haunting her family. If this was made in 1993, I'd be, I would be nodding my head like, of course it was, you know? (laughs) However- This is fascinating. It it was made in 2017. (laughs) And Evan, these are the two things you will love. One, you can watch- the pilot. It was on Amazon. And for some reason, it's it's a show. It's called Sea Oak, but they only made the pilot and they shot it and produced it and everything. And it's just the pilot available on Amazon. I'll post a link. And the old I've woman- I've never heard of that. I know. <laughs> I'm like, well, why I've did never you just heard put of that, that out? But you can watch it on Amazon Prime. And the old woman is Glenn Close. 
Oh she, my god! <laughs> and it's bizarre. And Glenn Close is holding her whole family ransom because she died. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and she wasn't ready. She had one foot in the grave. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So that is the only other thing. But like I said, it wasn't an actual full show. It was just right. a pilot. It didn't really make it. From the director. I'm amazed yeah. because yeah. usually pilots just disappear. They don't they don't really ever make it. Um but you, you could know, just watch. Something. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It's, it's something that could pop up maybe on YouTube on some like subreddit somewhere deep in the annals of, of Reddit. <laughs> right. But like the, to for you to just go on Amazon and pull up the pilot for a show that has no more episodes is I've I don't have another example of that. That's yeah. insane. <laughs> wow. So if you did, that's the only other George Saunders based work out there. And so Spiderhead is the only George <laughs> Saunders. Work. No. I'm just yeah. 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 <laughs> oh wow. Oh my gosh. Well, that's what people are saying. <sighs> but then I found this thing, and I said, "My God, this is lied. incredible." Yeah. Breaking news here. We're trying. <laughs> that's what we do. If you stick, stick. It's the breaking news. Hopefully, hopefully, if you're sticking with us, yeah, you're listening all the way to the end. Hopefully, you've gotten things out of these episodes that you don't find on the clickbait on YouTube or the headlines on Yahoo. Um, and so we hope that that is something that we are able to continuously bring here is something like that. Good lord! I've n- <laughs> I, 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 again, I don't have a comparable. Thank you so much, Taylor. This has yeah, been yeah. incredible. I've loved talking about this. Thank you guys for sticking with us. We really appreciate it. Reach out on Instagram at IlliteratePod. Taylor, our Gmail, IlliteratePod at Gmail is another way to get in touch. Let us know what you're reading. Let us know what you're watching. Let us know what you would love to see an episode about. We would love to do a thing about that thing you love so much. Um, So get in touch with us. Stay safe. And we will catch you back here with the facts next week. Until then. Until then.